0: You're listening to I Am Sherry Goodall, the podcast about starting a business as a midlife career woman. Conversations with friends, reviews, ideas, and random thoughts. Now, here's Sherry. Welcome
1: to the I Am Sherry Goodall podcast. I am Excited today, you guys, for who I have in the house. This guy is literally do-it-all, like Dupree, do-it-all. Kelly is an entertainer, a businessman, a philanthropist, and he is one third of the legendary trio, Lords of the Underground. He gave us the five number one hits that include the classic records that I know I was rocking out to, Chief Rocker and Funky Child. But what you may not know about him is all the work that he does as a businessman and as a philanthropist. He has gotten so involved in civic organizations, which is one of the things that I admire greatly about him. He has the 211, well, it was formerly the 211 Media Group, it's now the Do It All Media Group. And they have done um, the annual Lincoln Park Music Festival. He has gotten involved with the Flint, um, Michigan water crisis as well as many, many activities in his hometown of Newark, New Jersey. And he is also the owner of the Do It All media group, as I mentioned. But In 2018, Dupree became a candidate for councilman at large in Newark, New Jersey's municipal election, running against incumbents who had been in their seats for over 20 years, and he gave them a run for the money. I was there on the sidelines to watch it all go down. He did not win. But his political presence actually set the platform and how things were being addressed in his city. And his campaign slogan was do it all for Newark. Welcome to the show. Do it all. Dupree.
0: Thanks, Kelly. Chef. Going,
1: man? Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. ba ba up. <laughs> hey, Chef,
0: gonna, how gonna are you? we going to put that accent over my E, though. we going to say Dupree.
1: <laughs> Listen, I got it. I got it. Your assistant told me, like, get it straight. So from here forward, I have made sure that I put that accent over the sure. E. How are right. you today? How's everything? You're in Jersey and um, shut in like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well,
0: I'm I'm back shut in. I had a little uh, family medical situation that I had to deal with with my fam but uh we good we good I'm good yeah
1: good so I like to start my interviews with this question what gets you jumping out of the bed and and get your heart pumping these days what gets you going in the morning like what are you excited about
0: Man, there's so many different things Sherry you know like there's, there's so many different things um I just had this conversation like late last night um and uh, with a friend and you know it, that question is a great question for me this morning uh to say because uh you know it, it, there's so many different things and I, I as i get older i notice that that they it changes from day to day uh and it changes from uh time to time if that makes any sense uh so i i believe now with, with us going through this pandemic with us going through uh, this uh, this cleansing of of the world. Um, now it's just I, I always want to be the the best me I can be at at any given moment, right? So uh-huh. that looks different at any given time because I believe like a friend was telling me last night, it's like, dude, you hard on yourself. I'm like, what do you mean I'm hard on myself? Because I was just saying, like, you know, I want to do more in this pandemic. I want to do this. Want, he's like, bro, you got this happening, you got this happening. So, you know, sometimes it just feels like feel like it's not enough for me. Um, you know, I, I always try to better my best and, and and push to be better. So getting out of the bed, and, and it's not just for me, really, it's, it's for my family. Like I said, I just went through a family uh emergency. So That made me realize that to answer your question, jumping out of bed and getting out of bed is so that I can be better because I have so many people that depend on me. You know, my community, my family, you know, um, when I jump out of bed, you know, what gets me jumping out of bed is wanting to be better than I was the day before, the day prior, Mm. you know, because of the people and the responsibilities uh, that I have
1: you know
0: so yeah out of bed just i just want to be better than i was yesterday
1: and it shows you know i started out uh before we started recording saying you're one of my favorite people and that's because from the time that i met you which has been gosh probably 7 8 years ago now
0: yes, Can you believe right.
1: <laughs> um but i've seen uh, you i've watched right. you and i know time flies really fast but right. we still look good. We don't, you know, black right. You look
0: amazing too.
1: <laughs> we make it look good. But nonetheless, I've I've watched you. Um, literally, I've I've sat back and watched you, and I, and and everything you just said, I can say from somebody on the sidelines, you live that and I've seen you live it and I respect that about you. And that's what makes you one of my oh. favorite people, honestly, you know, I don't talk to you every day. You. I don't have to talk to you every day, but I see that's what right. you're doing and, I, and I've and i always admired your, the way that you move. So that's important. Um, give, give us a little bit about your backstory. I know, you know, for people, old school people like me, we know you from Lords of the Underground, <laughs> but how did you get from, being a kid in Newark, New Jersey, going into becoming an international rap star and part of a trio, um, who's still touring, by the way, um, to where you are now?
0: Um, well, born and raised, you know, uh, real name, Dupre Kelly, better known as Do It All, from that hip-hop group Laws in the Underground, born in Newark, New Jersey, uh, to a, a single mom. And, um, Grew up in in New New Jersey, in, in a city like North New Jersey is similar to Detroit, is similar to Cleveland, is similar uh, similar to the ghettos of Maryland and DC, or, or you know. So when you have to maneuver through those uh, type of obstacles, it, it gives you a a certain dynamic, you know. Um, when you're born with with adversities in your community, especially being a young black male, we have it harder. We have it harder than, um, you know, somebody that isn't a young black male, you know, so, or young black female, you know, in those type of situations. So when you, when you, when you have to go through a a tough obstacle course, it builds certain muscles, it builds certain um, mindset. And, and with that mindset, it can either go one or two ways. And with that mindset, you know, I wanted to, again, wanted to, to uh, excel from out of where I was in that place, Newark, New Jersey, the west side of Newark, New Jersey. And and I did it. You know, I have I had a strong mom. You know, it, it, it wasn't easy, but I had a strong mom and, and uh, she pushed me. She pushed me towards something that she didn't understand. And when people don't understand something, uh, they shun it. They push it away. So she pushed me towards hip hop. You know um, even though she did not like it or understand it and that that taught me just her pushing me toward hip-hop showed me that you can love somebody or you cannot like something and and don't know something about uh, a situation but you can love the person who is passionate about what you don't like and you can still push them and help them move toward their passion even though you don't understand or like what they're passionate about. So mm. she taught me through that what unconditional what meant, what unconditional love meant. You know what I mean? So by yeah. teaching me that, man, it just build a certain type of character. Like, wow, you cannot like something or, or not understand something, but love the person who is passionate or loves it and push them toward it and help them go toward that. That's that's a that's a different type of love. So she, in, in a sense, taught me love. And and from that, it just made me, you know, I went to Shaw University in Raleigh, North Carolina. You know, I just changed my mindset in those conditions. And I think, uh, you know, going through that, it made me uh, attached to. My mother, understand my mother more and it made me attached to my city more. It made me realize uh, the responsibility that um, I had as a young black male and, and what I needed to accomplish to achieve. Um, I might have to run faster. I might have to jump higher than my, my counterparts uh, or people who were not a black male. You know. Um, so it, it made me less angry. It made me say, OK, this is what I have to do. It's just it's just the way the cards are dealt. So I think a lot of times we get um, when you don't have that challenge in that way, you um, we get angry as black men. Um, excuse me, Cher, Let me just uh, turn that airplane mode on so all that won't come through. Um, yep, you're good. So, so um, it made me it you know when you don't have that it makes you uh, resent other people for having it easier. The challenges are easier just to get to the same destination. But when you understand that the challenges won't be easier for you and you still have to strive and go towards it that way and that direction, then it makes you, um, you know, less resentful and it, and it just makes it become, a, a, a thing that you have to do. So knowing the things that I had to do, even with the adversity in my way, It just kind of gave me a a thicker skin as some would say uh, you know and and just made me push and and you know and by that by pushing it took it took me places you know it took me to hip-hop you know my life became like a, a vehicle it became like an automobile and the reason why i say that is because a vehicle automobile has uh it has two headlights in front of it right And with those headlights, they're built to see only 200 feet in front of you. But that's only when you're not moving. You know what I mean? So when you're not moving, you see 200 feet. But when you start to move, you see another 200 feet. You start to move a little more, you see another 200 feet. So you start to discover things that you couldn't see off in the distance. You know, you start to see on ramps and exit ramps and, and different locations and destinations that never even sparked the interest in your mind when you weren't moving. So it made me realize that a move is not a movement if it's not moving. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yes. and so it, it just it just made me into a different person and it made me want to, uh, to help others get their automobile moving you know, so that they can see what what lies in front of them along, you know, along their path and uh, discover different things on their journey. So that journey has taken me different places, but it also made me respect where I started the journey, and that's in Newark, New Jersey.
1: What are some of the setbacks or challenges that you've seen, um, particularly in recent years, to get you to where you are and and how you handle them. And and more specifically, because I know we had a brief conversation. Let me Let me actually rephrase that question. We had a brief conversation about this whole pandemic thing and what that looks like and the mm-hmm. setbacks and challenges that you were seeing coming out of this. So let's not say specifically about you, but what are setbacks and challenges that you're seeing that are ahead of us right now? Because that conversation was actually really deep. I wish we had recorded it then.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the setbacks are coming out of this pandemic. I just believe that, um, this is, this is that journey, right? This is that, that journey that is going to be difficult. Um, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be, it's only going to be difficult if you allow it to be when, like I said, when there's something different in your life, when there's changes in your life, we fear it at times. We push it away because we don't understand, you know, and. There's a lot of things we do not understand right now in this world. Uh, you know, We have conspiracy theories. We have, oh, it's a virus. We have, we don't really know. We don't know how it affects us. Oh, it attacks the lungs. Oh, now it gives strokes. Oh, not, So we really don't know. So by, by not knowing, you have to become the better you in this time. You have to take all of the positive things and turn it into something great you know, uh, all of the, the things that look like adversity or, or look like it's negative, turn it into something great. How do you do that? Well you take advantage of time because time does not wait for anyone. Um in this pandemic, I could just speak on myself. It has it had made it has made me understand different characteristics about myself. Um, it has made me know what really my flaws are, you know, just to be honest. Um, it also made me know recognize my strengths. Um, so when I when I when I look at it that way, I say, "Wow, okay, I was kind of pushing this to the back burner." I will give you an example. I own a I own a studio, a recording studio, um, here in Newark, New Jersey. I've been around studio equipment probably for 30 years now. You know, since 1990, 91. Is when we got signed. So around 1991, with Marley Marl and the House of Hits, who had, you know, LL Cool J, the TLC, to everybody, Heavy D. And I realized one of my flaws is, yeah, I own a studio, because that was one of my dreams to have what Marley had. But what I, one thing I do, I realize, is that I don't know how to work my equipment fluently. And to me, that's a shame. You know, to be around something for 30 years. And not not know how to really work it properly that's one of my flaws so in that in this pandemic I make sure that I travel through reading because now we can't travel like we used to travel um, yes uh, I, I also so that's one thing I do I make sure that I travel in my mind at least um, I also make sure that I learn how to work my equipment now you know so we have YouTube, we don't have to go to the library or bring instructors okay. over anymore. We can Zoom instructors. I've hired so many engineers throughout my entire life. So now I can hire an engineer over the phone and say cash out some money and say I need this lesson. I need you to teach me how did we do this? How did we do that? So now I'm backtracking because, um, and, I, and I'll speak on that too. And, I, and I'm just being honest, I'm just giving you my flaws of what I'm working on. And you know, as coming up, I told you I came up as a sing- in a single-parent household with my mom. But coming up, up with my mom and not really having a man around, um, except my stepfather, but he taught me how to be an owner. He always owned things like restaurants and things like that. So he wasn't around telling me, okay, come over here while I put this together. Come on outside while we do this to the car. Come in the back, we're going to put up this we're gonna nail this in the wall. Oh, that broke. Come on, no, we're not hiring nobody. We're fixing it. I got money at such a young age that we're laws of the underground. That when it was my time to do that, I hired everybody. Oh, that broke, my Hire somebody. I'll pay for it. Oh, that's not working? Hire somebody. I'll pay for it. Oh, that that's not happening? Buy a new one. So I never had a man to say, no, we're gonna put some muscle in this and we're gonna bring it back to life. So my mentality was hire people to to do what you need, done. But then when I started to become an owner, as my my, uh, stepdad taught me how to become an owner, I realized that, wow, hiring everybody is not always the, the greatest thing. You have to put some sweat equity in your own thing to just have the, a different appreciation for it. So now, even if I don't know how to do something, I will attempt it, but I will I will hire somebody and I'll sit there with them. So really, I'm paying for them to fix it if I can't do it, but I'm really paying for the lesson now. you know. And, and the sweat equity, I want to paint my own office. Or at least stop, or let me paint a wall. So when Great. I come in here every day, I can say, yeah, I, I put that in there. I did that. You know, because it gives you a different appreciation. If um if everybody always bought you everything or did everything for you, your appreciation value it wouldn't it would be different. You know, what I mean it's it's like you don't have almost the same care for it. Yeah, it's yours, but you almost look at it like ah oh, that fell, that broke, that got marked up. Bring some money in. But when you did it, you like, yo, who's the person that, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. and, and I know, I know um, you're a parent, <laughs> right? So with, when your children, when they were younger or whatever, when your children do something in your home and you're the homeowner or, or you rented and you pay the, the rent and yo, who was in here last with, when I came in here and cleaned up the kitchen or who was here? Because you know how you did it. And some, for somebody to come mess it up, you feel like oh man they're they're, uh diminishing my work and and that's how you know but when you don't put in the work if somebody leaves that bowl in the sink it's like somebody will wash it somebody will (laughs) you know it gives it
1: it gives you a a, a different approach man so it does it does it does for sure so you have your media company and you've been in business for quite a while. Let's talk about um, marketing because, you know, that's my thing. I love marketing. How how are you using marketing? What tools or products or practices are you using? Like, what would you say is kind of the secret sauce if you can give it away a little bit?
0: Um, I think that a lot of times with, with marketing, for me, it's being personal. You know, make people feel uh, like, like you're being one-on-one with them. Make make people feel like uh, they have, they can touch you a little more than than uh, somebody else or another brand or another company. Because nowadays we're in the technology world, everybody is almost direct. You know, you can get somebody on video even if you don't have their phone number. You know what I mean? Before it was like yeah. you had to have their contact. Now the contact is social media and, and you can have their contact that way and still not have direct contact you know what I mean still not have an intimate yeah. contact but as long as they feel like uh, you're accessible um, with marketing um, if it feels like it's something that's relative or, or related you know that seems to be a sauce that works for me just kind of being um, accessible in a, in a certain sense and I'm not saying to anybody out there make it accessible yourself accessible to the world but just that feeling just that feeling of caring um, I, I do, uh, I do this thing where I do shout outs. Um, I do, uh, kind of like mentorship, not mentorship, but inspiration talks, shout outs for weddings Mm -hmm. and birthdays and people pay me for that. But it's just the, it's just the fact of being able to get on, going to get on a video or phone and say sherry i just want to say happy birthday to you i know it's your anniversary congratulations on your marriage congratulations on your divorce congratulations you know what i mean <laughs> and, and it's fun when it's from somebody that you you felt like man i bought their record i spent that ten dollars or in this day and age, i bought that download for a dollar or i streamed that video or i streamed that that music you felt like you know, the person feels like they gave to you and as long as you feel like they feel like you've given back to them, they will be around forever. So that's one of my secret sauces just kind of being personal and, and uh, relatable, you know. So just make your marketing and promotions relatable and, 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 it, and make it appear that it can be touched, you know, and it, it seems to work
1: for me. So what kind of projects are you working on through your media company?
0: Oh man, uh right now I have a um I've been doing a lot of work with Dame Dash Studios and DDTV which is Dame Dash Television Network. Um we've been doing a lot of producing. So we have uh uh I've been working with Tobias trevilian and a brother by the name of Wink who's uh actual writer. So we've been doing um two T I want to say TV series, two episodics. Uh one is uh, one is the 4 and one is a um and they're all based around a pandemic they're all based around being oh, wow. quarantined and in, in in home alone one is called the four and the other one is is untitled but it's a it's a I almost can't say everything cuz there's so many twists okay. and turns to it but okay. but it's a project with um Tobias Reveillian, who was on the sisters he played on empire played on uh was the young watch uh, Club or something like that. He's playing mm-hmm. on a bunch of stuff, you know, stories. So, we're working with him, working with Dame Dash. We have um short film festival that we're doing with, with uh, Dame Dash television and studios. So, we're, we're staying busy, man. We're, we're really staying busy.
1: Awesome. Are you familiar with um, the new platform called Quibi?
0: Yeah. You heard about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What are your thoughts about about it? I actually I actually downloaded it, um, and I've actually watched a couple of the um, a couple of shows. It's it's interesting because the the shows that are on there are very. Um, I think they would have been more independent type of fil- films or independent um, produced, but the, the storylines are good and it's diverse it, in my opinion um, in terms of the genre and what you can find in there. Um, but it we're seeing so many, um, I guess, streaming platforms coming through. What are your thoughts about that? And, and particularly since you're talking about production and things like, where do you see yourself <laughs> going with that?
0: Um, well, well, Quibi is in, is incredible. I think that, um, uh, Jeffrey Kassenberg and, and all of those guys, you know, they, they have, uh, what is it? JSK with, you know, the big wigs. So that's a big wig platform. Um, I think they're throwing a lot of things against the wall to see what, what sticks when it comes to marketing. Um, but I think the content is good. And, and the reason why the content is good is because it's, uh, it's not long. It's not over 10 minutes, you know, Quibi yeah. is short for quick bite, you know, so you have those quick bites. And, and that's the world we live in now. Everybody wants it fast. Everybody needs it. Now it's, it's, it's the microwave type of life. Um, like I said, it's accessible. It's it's to the point. And I believe mm-hmm. that on Quibi, the things that work are the things that still have that. Uh, that, that beginning, middle, and end, you know, has that movie arc to it. Those are the things that work. Cause it, it makes you watch a whole series in an hour. You know what I mean? Or or it, it makes you feel like you're at the movies. But the things that don't work are the things that when you when you put put something up and you just cut it into pieces, then that doesn't work. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yes. for me, that's the way, you know. So I think that it is it's the future. Not necessarily, not necessarily saying that Quibi will be uh, the future streaming platform, but the direction that they're going in with the shorts, the the platform of 10 minutes and and having a shorter movie process um, is is that is definitely the move. And and like I said, I, I salute Jeffrey Kassenberg and all of them for for uh, doing it but they have the money. I think they rolled out with an with a eight point something million dollar budget to try a yeah. platform. Uh, it's time to start supporting our own, our own black platforms. And, and what do we have really, you know, I just know right. of, of who I'm working with and that's Dame Dash Studios. You know, I know that that's black owned. I know that I won't have any problems when it comes to, to getting our, uh, our um things up there you know our our muse i mean not music but our movies our projects i know that for our culture that it will be told like we want it to be told um not saying that there's there isn't any um black original programming on quibi but i know that quibi is throwing everything against the wall with their quick bites right now so they're trying to figure it out and they have the money to figure it out and and right you know, and and do, so I know that the programming, once they get it into a a order, it will start to change. It will start to look different, like all things do, just like hip hop. When hip hop was first coming out, they didn't know what was going on with it. They let us do whatever we wanted. And it was, and now that, that period of letting us do whatever we wanted was probably from 88-ish to about 96-ish, you Uh know, in hip hop. And then now that area, that time period in hip hop is called the golden years because whatever was nice whatever was dope whatever the people love they allowed it to happen and then after that 97 on they realized that this could be a billion dollar this was a billion dollar uh business and they started to organize it they started to only allow this to happen or only allow this to happen so it programs the creator to present what they want you to present in order just to get it out and i think that quibi right now is hip-hop in the late 80s and mid 90s be, to allow you to do whatever you want to do and to create these these uh great productions or not but i think they're going to start having a little order to it and i want to stay hip-hop so i'm i'm gonna i'm you know i'll also su- i'll support quibi in a way that i I'm, I'm supporting whatever artist whichever art that i like that's on that platform but the platform that that we have to create our own platforms and our own spaces that we have control of, you know, and that's why I rock with like a Dame Dash Studios.
1: Absolutely. So I'll be looking for that when it when you all uh release it because you know there is a place yeah. um for everything and um right. you know if that weren't true we wouldn't have a BET network or the Latina channels and things like that. So absolutely I I agree and I I do think that the 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 quick snippets, you know, I literally wa- watched an entire episode in like 10, 20 minutes and was like, oh, that was good. And then I got back to what I was doing, you know, so I, I like mm-hmm. the format of what they're doing. So that's good. Yeah, it's
0: definitely dope.
1: So let me ask you also, um, in, in terms of your, um, your, your running for city council and things like that, do you have other aspirations or um, do you think you'll look to get back into politics again?
0: I think, you know, um, whether I want to get back in politics or not, I'm here. You know, once you are in the midst of trying to help your city, your state, or anything like that, you're in politics. Whether you're Now, if you have an official title or if you become an elected official, then that's another question. You know, it's a lot of old guard in politics and that guard is hard, it's hard to to, uh, chink their armor. Um, Not saying that it can't be done, but there's a lot of deal making. There's a lot of uh, um, agreeing with each other that has to be done in certain areas because the old guard doesn't wanna lose their guard. And um, which like you spoke about in the beginning of the show of having incumbents who's, who's been there 20 to 30 years and they want to pass that guard down to to their um, to their family members and you know uh, to all of the people that they know. So you know, I think as long as there's something to fight for, then we'll always be in politics. And and we'll see we'll we'll see when that role comes, man. But I'll tell you this: I'm going to always fight for people um, through with my experiences. If 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 my experience show me that we can have better, then I wanna share those experiences with people that are coming behind me, or even some people that are in front of me, just share my experiences, put it on the table and show them that we deserve better, we can get better. So in that regard, I guess to answer your question, you know, maybe, you know, it it depends on what we're fighting for. If it's fighting for our people, then yes, you know, but it it won't be easy because that's, that's a mafia. And, and I don't want to say it like uh, it's just something totally negative, but it's a mafia. It's a clique. It's an organization. Um, it's a team that that they have set up and is powerful. So you have to be strategic. You have to. Um, and I think that's what we do. When, when we want to if I want to bring something to you um, that you that you said you wanted. But in order to bring that to you, I have to deal with this guy who you can't stand. And you see me talking to this guy. and Now you're upset at me for talking to this guy. But you don't realize that I'm only talking to him to give you what you want. You know, that's that's how I have to get what you want by talking to this guy. And I think mm-hmm. that once the people start to understand politics that way, they'll have a different respect for the people that they actually put in office. Because sometimes, you know, um, you put people in office and you want them to do the do all of these things that you ask them to do, which is considered the right thing in your your mindset, but they have to talk to the wrong people or deal with with other situations that you might not understand just to get that. So until we can understand that those type of things happen as people, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have a you know we'll have a different reaction when it comes to to politics.
1: You know? Yeah. So what would you say is next for you? What's on your radar?
0: Man, like I said, Sherry, my, my car got that headlight moving, <laughs> those headlights <laughs> moving on that road. That journey. You know, every time I move, I see different things, you know, some things that that I already have. And and I think just to answer a question, the things that are next for me every day, like I said, when I wake up, is to better myself, to be to be better. Whether that's reading, whether that's learning something that's new to me, um, this pandemic is new to all of us. You know, unless you're 120 years old, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So it's it's new to us, <laughs> you know, it, it's new to us. Um, So therefore, this is a new journey. This is a new way because after it's over, my my thing is just to come out on the other side of it whole, you know. And, if, and when you come out on the other side of it whole, you start to look at things differently like, wow, look at this, look at this. And now you have to adapt. So, so my thing, what's next for me is coming out on the other side of this pandemic whole safe and healthy. And not only myself, my people, my family, my loved ones, and my friends.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So if people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you on social media or the web?
0: What up, people? All you got to do is hit me on a, uh, on social media, Instagram, that's do it all D O. I T A L L D U at the end, so it's do it all do. That's Twitter. That's uh, Instagram, and it's also the start of my Facebook name, so it's do it all do, and then just put Kelly at the end of it, and you'll get me on Facebook. Or you can always hit up Mercedes. You know, nine zero eight six nine three nine two seven two. Almost forgot a number, and um, or email Mercedes two eleven mg at gmail and um. You can holler
1: at your boy. Awesome, awesome. All right, so as I said, I like to end this segment with something called rapid fire. And uh, I All like right, to ask you. questions just off the dome. All like, right. Turn your head around. <laughs> By the way, I love that shirt. Is that one of your shirts? Oh, uh, you.
0: Is what? Shout out to my boy. Man. Yeah, never apologize for being Yeah, I'm going to need to
1: get one of those. Never apologize.
0: Yes. We gotta make this happen for you.
1: Definitely. I like it. They hooked me up. I love that. Hmm. All right. So first question. Since we're talking politics, if you were to run for president, who would be your vice president?
0: Oh, vice president. Um I'll make a woman my vice president if I was to actually get president because I think that brings balance to the office. I don't think you can do anything without a woman's presence. I just I just believe Anybody that. Come I just to believe that you, right you can Um, if I had to pick right now, of course, Michelle Obama. If I had to pick right now, you know, right. Michelle Obama, uh AOC, um, that'll really tick them off, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, there's some great women out there, man. There's some great women out there. There you are you know, some some great powerful women that I probably would make the decision a little harder than we're joking around with it right now, but that's yeah. a that's a great question because there's some powerful women that could be president, and yeah. that I would vote for.
1: Yeah, I, you know? I feel the same way. I'm 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 really interested to see how this next election election is going to play out, and uh, if Joe Biden is actually going to put a, a female on the ticket with him. So it'll be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. All right, next it's question. Be very interesting. It will be. Beach or mountains?
0: Phew. Okay. Um I don't like that's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's a great wow, nobody's ever asked me. Cause I I've started to enjoy being on the beach just for the relaxation. Yes. Um but it's something about something about that mountain there, and I probably would have chosen beach if I've never traveled, but it's something about the Swiss Alps that are incredibly beautiful because in the valleys in the summertime, it's warm and it's hot and it's beautiful like a beach, but at the peaks, there's always snow at the top, so you can kind of choose your, your element that you want to play with. So you know what? The old me probably would have said the beach, but I think I'm going to go with the mountains now.
1: Wow! Did you see me lean for it? I was like, "What?" I was all into it. You were like, "And the Swiss I've never <laughs> been there. That's so beautiful." Okay. All right. So, yeah. last question: If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Flying.
0: Flying. I just want to I fly. I just, yes. want, I just want to keep. It. I just want to. fly. <laughs> I had a dream that um I was the guy that they dropped from the edge of uh the atmosphere. Well, they did that about two or three years ago. Yes, they dropped them from the edge of the atmosphere. I had a dream that that was me the other day.
1: Wow, I don't know why I dreamt that? <laughs> well, let's yeah. stay in tune with spirit to figure out what that's about because that's that's something. Somebody's trying to tell you something. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Well, thank you so much. That was fun. I love your answers. Um, I'm, again, very happy to have had you on the show. And uh, as always, I will be looking for you to see what you're doing next.
0: Man, I always appreciate you, Sherry. Definitely, man. And you're definitely a friend. You're just not a a media person or or somebody that we, you're definitely a friend, man. You know, you can always call on me and, and just like you, you know you offered that to me to always be able to call on you i salute you and thank you for that i wish you the best for your show too i know it's going to be amazing thank you thanks sherry (laughs) love you man. i'll let you in a minute
1: Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to leave a review or drop me a message with your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Follow me on all social media and watch this episode on my YouTube channel. You can find me everywhere at I am Sherry Goodall. And if you like what you're hearing, donate in the Anchor FM app, or through Patreon, so that I can make more content like this for you. And until the next time, be bold and unapologetic, and always remember, I said what I said, and I meant it.